Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get sports and nerd stuff. And we've been doing a lot of nerd stuff recently as we did the Age of Ultron review and then we did a drunken commentary to the X-Men movie the other day. And we're going to continue with some more nerd stuff because quite frankly, the NHL and the NBA playoffs have been very lackluster. Nothing much to talk about and there's no reason to talk about baseball a month into the season. So... We're doing our Game of Thrones mid-season recap here, and I got the same two guys back who talked with me and did a very good podcast earlier this year uh, when we recorded our Game of Thrones preview, I guess, season five preview, I guess we called it. Um, Mike Leapock, welcome back. Hey. All right. And, of course, the other guy, the man with the hair, Rob Callflesh. How's it going? I'm back, baby. All right. So, uh, let's start off. Um, let, let, let's start, we'll start with Mike. Um, what are you grading season five, uh, halfway through of the Game of Thrones? We're five episodes in. What are you, what are you giving it so far? Um, you know, so far, I actually like it. Um, I think it's funny because there's some really, really good sections that I really like, and then there's other stuff that just, I don't know, is a little iffy. Falling uh, flat. Some of the over, some of the stuff has fallen flat this season. Well, I the think. thing I, I I think like the pacing has been really strange. Um, they're just kind of like cramming a lot in there, and I feel like they're they almost are rushing. But overall, like it's still Game of Thrones, and it's still super enjoyable. If I had to give it a number, I don't know, seven point five. Yeah, all right. And uh, how about you, Rob? How do you feel uh, so far? Five episodes into season five. Uh, given a similar grading scale, I was going to go with like a B, maybe a B plus. It does seem like they're just setting up a whole bunch of stuff. Um, like season four, what was it? The second episode, Joffrey dies. Like, oh shit, we yeah. got into it right away. Whereas that's not happening yet this season. Yeah, purple wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this season we're, we're watching votes and, and, and discussions and politics and stuff. A lot of, a lot of politicking and a lot of... Yeah. A lot of, I don't know, a lot of people campaigning in this season so far. Yeah. So not uh, having not read the books and not having a clue what's coming other than, you know, the dragons are eventually coming and, and the White Walkers. So, um, they're probably just building things up for uh, another fantastic episode nine. Well, from what I've been reading, the people who read the books don't know what the hell is going to happen on this <laughs> show anymore either. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. After the first two episodes, all I can think of is I know nothing. Yeah. Everybody is Jon Snow all of a sudden. <laughs> so let's get into this. Um, episode one um, was titled The Worst Come. And my favorite thing about that episode was... Um, directors of the show, uh, Benny Hoff and Weiss, I remember they did an interview for Grantland, which, you know, for various circumstances is no longer a website. But at the time, they did an interview with their TV guy, uh, Andy Greenwald, who's a really good TV critic. I suggest you guys check him out. And they said in that interview that they would never do cheesy fantasy type stuff. Like such as, you know, like flashbacks or prophecies. They just wanted to get into the storytelling. Um, so I guess they were running the long con because they started season five off with one of the oldest fantasy tropes of all time, which is a flashback of a prophecy for one of our characters. <laughs> they crammed them both in at one flashback to the prophecy. Wait, wait, but don't they t the two cancel out and it's okay then? 
I guess, yeah. Like, I just assumed that they were running the long con because they just started <laughs> off with that. And like, Maybe they're like, okay, you know what? We got to do this eventually. Let's just cram it all into one scene and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, no one will notice. They'll see it. They'll forget it. <laughs> like, it was so jarring to me because I'm not going to lie. There was a good, like, if the music that reminded me it was Game of Thrones wasn't there during that whole thing, I would have been like, am I watching the right show right now? Because, like... <laughs> Like, I, I did watch the, the, the leaked version that came out a day before it was actually supposed to air. So, like, when I watched it, I was like, ah, oh, I, I guess someone, I, I fell for some sort of prank. Right? Like, it's like, wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are they playing Willow instead? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know how guys on YouTube do, like, 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 film students on YouTube do, like, Batman shorts and stuff like that? I thought it was just, like, a really, really well done. Or, or, or it was one of those like movies that comes out that's named really really similar to a real movie and comes out right beforehand so it's actually when you look at the file name you're like wait game of drones ah <laughs> oh, that's great um so what did you think of that scene uh with um oh god what was the name of the witch in the in the thing mags uh, or something or I yeah something like that I thought they said it because she said like the young Cersei, Cersei, Cersei broad called her like uh, something the witch. I don't know. Um, what did uh, you think of that scene? Let's start with Rob. I didn't mind it. Like I don't care if they want to go to flashbacks and all that. Like I watch, um, I, I watch tons of shows where it's like yeah, flashback all over the place. What was lost? It was all over the place. But. Um, at first, I was actually I was wondering if it was Cersei or if it was a brand new character. Yeah, like until I, until it was like, oh, it's Cersei. It was a flashback. I was like, oh, okay, we're bringing in some more kids. Yeah, I was. That, that was the other thing that confused me. Right? Was I was like, oh, great, now we've got more new characters to try to memorize. <laughs> uh, uh, well, what did you think so about? many people have died, so you know a few more characters. Someone else will yeah, die. Yeah, it's a revolving door in this show. It's a revolving door. Uh, what'd you think of this scene, Lee Buck? Uh, I guess it was fine. Um, I mean, it, it suffered from a lot of scenes with child actors where it's like, hey, we got someone to show up for five minutes, so we don't have to get anyone phenomenal. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, like I, I remember when watching it, I was like, man, this kid is just trying to pretend to be Cersei so much, and it just seems like she was like trying to play the adult Cersei and I was like, well, no, like you can just be a stupid little kid. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she doesn't have Lena Headley's angry eyes. Like Lena Headley has angry eyes. Like even when you see her go on like Jimmy Kimmel, you're like, my God, she's angry. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like she just, and she's like, for, by all accounts, it's just like a phenomenal person in real life. But like, I don't know. I'm just gonna. She she has angry eyes. I'm sorry. Like that's just. I've got thick eyebrows. She has angry eyes. All kind of thing, right? Like. Yeah. Um, I, I think that scene though was kind of a necessary evil, because um, it's like, uh, it's something that is is referenced a lot in the story that I know, and but it's it's done really kind of like subtly in the books where like Cersei is remembering it. But it's not like completely played out all in one thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's done slowly, but you can't do that. You can't like 
have it come back like once an episode and get no. like 30 seconds, that would just be annoying. Yeah, that wouldn't work yeah. in a TV show. So it's like, all right, you know, we're just going to rip this Band-Aid right off. <laughs> I kind of want this. I'm not going to lie. I want this Witch in the Hut telling people their future to be like a spinoff for this show. I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> like just the Game of Thrones character. Like every week they do a different like Game of Thrones character coming up to her asking for her future and stuff like that. And then we... <laughs> would you like, like to know how to, you're going to die? <laughs> yeah, like Lana, like uh, Jano Slint and his stupid neckbeard could show up in there and be like what's gonna happen she's like oh you're gonna get your head cut off and it'll be like damn it <laughs> sean bean walks in and she says that <laughs> oh like, that's even better uh she's like well i see oh boy i see you getting shot i see you getting stabbed i see a giant satellite or a satellite <laughs> yeah. dish falling on you um oh boy <laughs> it oh. never ends and she <laughs> did have the one line where she said something like um the one line uh, where she goes everyone wants to know their future Till they know it. I was like, oh, God, that's a great line, right? Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I thought that was really good. Um, the Unsullied. Paying prostitutes for a chance to be the little spoon. How do you feel about that? Let's start with <laughs> Leapock. Uh, um, you know what? It seems like something that some of them would do because they're basically, like, they're, they're, they're taking at children, right? Yeah. And then they're forced to grow up. But I could see it being so damaging that they never do grow up. So they are just like murderous children, kind of. And then they just want to go back to it. But I don't know. I think the Unsullied should just freaking do their spear thing. Yeah, I like it better when they're robots. I don't like I don't like seeing that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Well, and, and, and the fact that it's common, like, I can see yeah. it with a couple of them, but if the fact that it's, like, something that they, they reveal that, like, a lot of them do, like, not maybe most, but a portion, like, if only a couple of them did it, then sure, but it seemed to be a pretty well-known thing. Yeah, maybe it's... Sorry, go ahead, Rob. I was gonna say, maybe it's a disease that runs through them now that they're not fighting as much. That's just good. some crazy bullshit. That's a good theory. That's a good theory. I, like I had it. no thoughts. Oh my god! I have topic, so I'm trying to make something up. No, I no, haven't killed good. anyone in like two days. <laughs> Curl up Mommy. in the fetal position. <laughs> but like, but like, just going back to what you were saying, Lee Puck, because like, there was the one, like, the thing about like Masandi comes up to Grey Worm and she's like, you know, like I've heard that the Unsullied are visiting the brothels and that. That man was the one guy was killed in a brothel. Why are they unvisiting the brothels? And I'm just like, a man is dead, all right? And you're yes. going up to Grey Worm and being like, do you like me? You know, do, do you like me, like me? Circle yes if you like me. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, like a man is dead. She hands him a note and it says yes, and then another option that just says yes. Exactly, right? Like, and it's like, oh my God, like, I don't know. Like, and I just rewatched episode five and they, they, they went back to the whole, like, like, Gray Worm was skipping ahead a little bit here, but I just want to make my point on this because they did the whole like gray gray worm Masandi like makeout scene. Yeah. And like I don't know, am am I dead on the inside or do I just not give a crap about that particular plot line? Let's start with Rob. I don't care about it either, so maybe I'm dead. Okay, good. So I'm not alone on this, right? Like I just like I'm not alone on this one. It it actually might be my least favorite thing in Game of Thrones right now. (laughs) Is their thing? It's so it is that is the definition of a shoehorned romance where they're just like, hey, uh, uh, also these two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like I just thought I was because it was really like it was like sort of sweet, you know, in in episode five when he was like, 
I was worried that I would never see you again. And I was like, okay, well, that's corny dialogue, but it was kind of sweet at the same time. And I was just like, well, but I don't gotta admit, care. You gotta admit, the, the, the guy's got game. I guess, <laughs> yeah. But like, he just, well, he's got more game than Jorah, that's for damn sure. But, uh, <laughs> like, No question. Could, but yeah, could, but like, I just, I don't know. Because like, I watched that scene and I'm like, we could be spending our time somewhere else, you know? <laughs> right? Anywhere just, else. Just anywhere else. Like, I'd rather yeah, watch... That that's the thing that really bugs me about it is that like they like there's so much stuff there's so much stuff that they could be doing and there's so many things that they could be paying attention to and all these little things that they could be including but instead they're wasting time with yet another like random romance and it's just not necessary yeah and like Braun or no Braun Bran isn't even in this season. And we have that would have been nice to see anything of him coming. Exactly. Like like started getting interesting at the end of season four. Yeah, and in our last plot we we made fun of that plot ad nauseum because of how hilarious it is. But like I would rather see that plot than Masandi and Grey Worm making kissy face in the in the I don't know. Maybe I'm just dead on the inside, but apparently I'm not because you two agree with me and I'm not alone. Well, that or we're all dead on the inside. That's also, I'm not prepared to rule out that. I thought Stannis made a pretty good offer to the Wildlings. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, And that's the thing that kind of continues in Game of Thrones is that people will make pretty good offers to other people, but they'll refuse them for, for what I perceive to be pride reasons. Like, I, I don't know. I just, what do you guys think? I thought Stannis made a pretty good offer to Mance Raider. What do you think? Uh, let's start with Leapock. I think Stannis has, he's always been like very pragmatic and level-headed. And I think, yeah, it was a good offer. And, but the thing is, is that it was also an impossible offer because they're so, you know, prideful. Um, I think they should have taken it. I think that would have been an awesome. Um, but I also think that actually Stannis has been one of my more favorite characters this season. He's just, I don't he's know. He's been great, yeah. I, he's, like, he's, he's been fantastic. He actually, just to, to cut up to this to the episode five, he has now become Liz's favorite character. Because, <laughs> That's great. Because of him correcting them and saying fewer. <laughs> yeah, that was great. As soon as he said that, Liz lost it. And she was like, I was just thinking that. Yeah, like, Man, we will have lesser enemies. Goes, fewer. Fewer. <laughs> uh, what do you think, uh, Mike? What are your thoughts on the subject? You mean Rob? Rob, sorry. Yeah. I already asked Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was definitely a good offer, but uh, as Mike was saying, like with the, the pride, like they're not going to bend a knee. They're, they're free folk. So which, which brings me to my that main, one condition, which brings me to my main point on this Mance Raider refused to bend a knee because he didn't want to look like a, like, like a, a, a yeah. coward, I guess, in front of his men. And if there's one thing in all of game of Thrones that you do not want to lose, you do not want to lose the respect of the cannibals. And you do not want to lose the respect of the of the ginger balls guy who claimed he had sex with a bear. Like that is one thing. Like it, you cannot allow that to be lost. Once you've lost those particular individuals, you've lost everything. <laughs> well, when those well, are your only friends, maybe you have. Well, Although you I guess maybe he should make some new friends. <laughs> if you lose their respect, well, then you just might as well stay on your knees. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know I didn't get that because he likes standing yeah. and like the actor who played Mance Raider during that scene 
would do this like like had kind of weird fish mouth did you guys notice that yeah like he would talk with his mouth like kind of in like a perma frown i don't know maybe that's just i don't know i just thought it was weird was it always like that though I don't, it might have been. I, it just, it was really noticeable in the scene with him and Jon Snow, which was a yeah. great scene, by the way. Like, I thought that was one of the better scenes in the. Uh, I was actually going to say that uh, I really, really enjoyed his acting when he asks how he's going to die. Is it going to be beheading or hanging or whatever? And they say yeah. burning. And yeah. his, his, his reaction to that looks like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, like, like it, it was a, a go. Yeah, it was I a genuine reaction. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, it was very, like, uh, it was very Will Arnett just going, oh, I made a huge mistake. He's <laughs> like, those other ways were, were going to be much easier than the current path I have gone yeah. on. I don't know. Yeah. I just, the refusal of Game of Thrones people to make smart decisions because they're like, oh, God, people perceive me as weak. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, honor and pride have gotten in the way of a lot of decisions. Yeah, that was why I hated Rob Stark, you know, back in like season two and three and, and, was just kind of like when he got shot i was like ah well you know we reap what we sow don't we buddy yeah that's what you get for banging the first you know chick that came along and paid attention to him exactly um i absolutely loved that game game of thrones does this i think every season they've done this since probably the start of season three so i guess three seasons in a row where they introduce a character that hasn't been seen since season one and just pretend like we know exactly who he is right away. Who was and, it for this season? And for this season, it was Cousin Lancel. And I love the, oh, su- yeah. the supreme, oh, yeah. <laughs> supreme arrogance of bringing him back. We haven't seen him since season one. They shave his head and they put him in a gray robe. And they're just like, oh, Cousin Lancel, you've been here the whole time. And I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and it was like the dude from like back in season one. He, he might have been in season two. Might have, yeah, for a scene, possibly. I don't know. I well, wasn't willing to go back and check, but yeah, I, I think he was in season two because I think he was kind. He was around for the battle battle of uh, Blackwater Bay. I think yeah. he was around for that. But it has at least been three years though since we've seen him and oh, game yeah, of thrones, no, he's if, not if, yeah, been around for a while in game of thrones if you're gone for more than a year i'm just not gonna remember you i'm sorry so well an- another mean- character like that who i think might have been in the first season is um uh what's his name the uh kevin kevin lannister yeah and kevin. that's another thing i wrote the, the, the other lannister the lannister uncle yeah he had a great scene at the in like episode three or something at that round table but i wanted to talk about how the fact that the guy's name is kevin <laughs> like he's kevin lannister like it's like it's like no that, wonder it's no in wonder game, in their defense it's spelt with an a Oh, well, then. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, right? But, like, it's, like, no wonder Tywin was, like, the leader of the Lannisters. Like, who, like, who are we following today? Kevin Lannister? No, I'm following Kevin Lannister. Right? It's, like, what's this guy's name? Bob. You know, it's Bob Lannister. Terrible. I was, like, really? His name's Kevin? <laughs> oh, God, that was weird. Um <laughs> I, I wanted to acknowledge the um, what I think is the best scene in this short season, in this first half of the season so far, but the balcony scene with Varys and Tyrion. Um, not when Tyrion first gets out of the box and like starts drinking wine and then vomits, but like when we see them the second time and they're like looking over the thing, um, just kind of like looking over the sea on the balcony, and um, when he says. Uh, 
you know, when Varys does the one line that they've played in all the commercials where he goes, you know, like, who said anything about him or whatever? Like, yeah. he's, oh, that yeah. was a fantastic scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love, I've loved all of Tyrion stuff so far. Um, I think Peter Dinklage has been doing a great job. And I love that they get to do some stuff together because I think Varys has always been one of my favorite characters. And seeing the, the even if it was just for a short time, the, the Varys Tyrion team yeah. was just great. <laughs> <laughs> when they're in the box traveling, well, Varys has some line like, "What's wrong with my face?" Or I have a good face. Yeah, <laughs> perfectly fine face. Or something. Yeah, I remember that. That was a great line. He needs to see somebody else because all he's seen for the last God knows how long is Varys. Yeah, that was that was like that. They've been, I think, those two as, and that was another thing. And we'll probably get uh, discuss this in episode three. But that was the thing that pissed me off. Well, there were a thousand things that pissed me off about um, Jorah kidnapping. Um, Tyrion. Um, one was um, uh, the fact that it just shows that he clearly is just odd. like he, he's your he's your friend who has absolutely no game with the ladies, and it annoys the crap out of me. But also, it took <laughs> us out of more Varys, like it denied us of more like yeah. you know Varys and Tyrion scenes, which were all phenomenal, working their way up to before he was kidnapped in um, episode three. Um, Another side note I had about episode one was, did you guys notice the obscene amount of male butts in episode one? <laughs> yeah, I think I remember my first initial reaction. It's like, wow, this is all about butts. Yeah. <laughs> what what of, in the butt? <laughs> there were a lot of dude butts in the first. Like, it was like watching True Blood again, because, like, True Blood had yeah. at least one nude male butt per episode. Like, that was in the True Blood contracts. But, like, I don't know. Just there were so many nude butts in the first one. Um that doesn't really let up, though, either. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't let up. But the first one, there was, like, um, yeah. the first one had, like, I think, like, five dude butts. Because you saw, like, uh, Dario and uh, Dario was walking around nude. And, uh, like, then there were the two gay guys who were, uh, like, uh, Sir Loras, the Knight of Flowers, and the gay dude who runs the brothel. They were nude. And there's a couple other guys that I think I'm forgetting. And then there's random not attractive fat dude, but in other episodes, right? Like it's been a very butt heavy season, honestly. Um, uh, just one last note on episode one, and then we can get to episode two. How dumb was not reopening the fighting pits? Let's start with Rob. <laughs> yeah, that didn't really make any sense. No, because it's like, it it's, it's one thing if they were still slaves and for having two unwilling people go fight each other, but okay. Yes. Cause that's two fighting. Have two free people go in. It's like, yeah, you know what? I want to go fucking kill this guy. I'm going to win some money, whatever, praise and all that. Okay, have at it. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that I think that stems a lot just from stubbornness. Where, yeah. where, where she yeah. has in her mind, they used to be slaves, and it was bad. Therefore, it's still bad, even if people still want to do it. Even if the the participants are now completely willing. So are you saying Danny continues to see them as slaves? Um, well, no, she's just, she just <laughs> sees them as being bad, like that, not them, but she, the, the situation is being bad. She's like, no, this was bad. Therefore it's still bad. Yeah. yeah I just, to, to me, it was like, if, if, um, the savior from whatever religion, uh, you happen to believe in comes back and gives us world peace, but then goes, okay, we've got world peace, but we are banning sports. 
I'd be like, hold, <laughs> hold on now. Wait, what is going like, come on now. <laughs> like, let's not get too drastic here. Banning sports like for world peace. That's crazy. It's crazy talk. Um, well, it happens a lot with like when people will uh, invade and take over an area and they'll just completely convert everyone to their, um, you know, form of view like let's bring freedom to all these people and it's like oh by the way you're not allowed to do this anymore even though it's you know something that is yeah. part of your heritage or history which is what they're doing with the writing but the reason you know they're, they're obviously making those parallels to real life is that like someone can come in and make things better but you'd never want them to completely change everything right like you'd be like hold on now we had our things that we did like about what we had right well, it's a little bit of, oh, thank God, the white man has showed up and will show us, like, the error in our crooked ways. The whitest of, yeah. of, of the man and or women. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, it was just so dumb. Because, like, that one guy, I don't know his name, but, like, that one guy who's, like, the Marine, I don't know his character name, but I like that guy. The one who's always like, hey, you know what you should do? Not that. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Like the guy who always tells her and he's and he's very like, you know, he'll be like, you know, my queen, you know, you, you've got to do this. I'm telling you, like, we can we can do this. And he's like offering her like good solutions. And she's just like, no, I refuse to do that because I'm Daenerys. And what I say goes. And God, is this, is this the one that's uh, like one of the heads of the family? Like, yeah, the uh, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the, is this the the one who wants to reopen the fighting pits. Yeah. That yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember his name either. Yeah, he's got the cool. I mean, I've read it a hundred times in the book. I can't remember his name. It's Gerber's Convertible. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like Kevin Lannister where it's easy to remember, right? It's like the guy, they always go like. <laughs> but can you say it with a straight face? Yeah. Like they always go like, how's this turn is, is, is coming into this room? And then they'll be like. Be, and then later, you know, Dario, Dario will walk in the room and be like, how is that? wants to talk to you. And it's like, <laughs> and like, I'll rewind it and try to be like, what is this guy's name? And I just, I don't know. I'll have to look it up and it will probably be written pretty silly. Well, it's, uh, it's even worse because, okay, so his name is like based off of the old people. And so it's this ancient dead guttural language oh, that God. makes no sense. And the, the, it's even worse in the books because I'm pretty sure there's like three of them and they all have really similar names. Oh, God, uh, that would make it terrible to read. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, oh, which one is this again? Okay, you, you, the only way I can remember uh, which is which is how cunty they are. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard um, enough time remembering who was the mountain and who was uh, the hound. Yeah, it was like the first half of the book that I read for the first one. <laughs> the right. mountain's the tall one. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> so that's enough for episode one. We could uh, move to episode two, the house in black and white. And uh, did you guys notice that Arya's death list has gotten significantly shorter without her, you know, putting in very much effort? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe she realizes, like, that's a lot of people. I may not get to it. I'm going to just keep the important ones now. Well, because a lot of sorry, can move mountains. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, if I can't remember now, but aren't some of the names that she listed already dead? Yeah, that's the thing, right? (laughs) She just doesn't know it. Like, her name used to be, like, well, no, her list used to be, like, ten names long. And there was the scene where it was just her. And it was really good where it was, like, she was just sitting there for what seemed like three days. Yeah, just repeating the names, and she's only got four names on that list uh, now, and uh, it was uh, it was like Sir Marin, the Mountain, Cersei, and I don't even remember the fourth one, because like 
Joffrey used to be on the list. He's gone. The Hound used to be on the list. And he's gone. And there were a couple others that are gone. So I don't know. I'm just like, man, Arya's like flying through this list without having to do anything. She's not even going to have to train with these dudes at this like crazy house. Um, the scene with when uh, Brienne runs into Littlefinger at the tavern, I got to tell you, uh, and this might go back to our conversation earlier about um, how dead I might be on the inside because I, I I found Littlefinger's little speech to Brienne where he goes like, you know, because she she takes she bends a knee to uh, Sansa and says I will protect you, and then he says he goes like, you pledged your sword to Renly, and he died, and then you pledged your sword to Catelyn. And she died. <laughs> and he's like, why would I let this girl go with you? And I was just like, oh God, that's brilliant. Yeah. He, he, makes, so a, he makes a compelling point. <laughs> yeah. I think he's basically like, he's, he's making a, some, some pretty good points here. Um, that scene I thought was great though. When she was like, when, when she was fighting on the horses with, uh, uh, pod. Yeah. And, yeah. and like pod was falling over. That was pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that too, just because I really like Pod and I really like that pair. Like they're very, you know, it's just the classic comedy pair of the fool and the straight man. <laughs> yeah, because and also somebody had, um, I think the best Game of Thrones meme I've seen in the last like year or so, because like Pod's full name is Podrick Payne and then Brienne's is Brienne of Tarth. And someone had a photo of the two of them and like it had the thing that said, party on Payne. Party on, Tarth. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought that was, I thought that was fantastic. Um, that does sound fantastic. Um, I gotta tell you, I think Braun should have stayed with that broad he was skipping stones with. Uh, what do you think, Lee Fox? <laughs> that would have been the wise choice, but the boring one. <laughs> I don't know. I would have like, because I talked about wanting a spinoff earlier with uh, the witch in the hut. I would have liked Bra Braun to have stayed with her, and then we get a, a Braun spinoff with him and her because she was a sweetheart. <laughs> I, <laughs> She's so dumb. <laughs> I know, but like it was like she was also a sweetheart, and I was just like, I like this girl, and we don't get a lot of nice people in this particular <laughs> universe, right? So I was like, like I just thought that was great, and um. I don't know. I'm just saying, I thought he should have stayed. And did you guys notice that when uh, Jamie Lannister showed up in that scene, he was dressed like uh, the Westeros version of Han Solo? <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Like, go back and watch that scene. He is dressed like Han Solo in that scene. It's insane. Um, I, I just want to see more Braun. I love Braun. <laughs> which brings yeah. me to my next point. He's gone, isn't he? Who? Braun. Like what do you this, mean? That like I th I think he's 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 on his way out of this show. Like I don't I don't oh, think he's in, in oh, the season. Think, you think? Yeah, I don't think he's he gonna eat it at some season. point. Yeah, they they did uh, rewatching episode four today. They did talk about how they want to die, which is just yeah fate with this. It's very <laughs> weird. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? Like I got him as, as my number one, like, like I've been watching this season and I'm just like, Oh God, he's gone next. Isn't he? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Th that would make sense. Um, maybe not next. It might be as late as like episode 
eight or nine probably, but I doubt he would live like much longer than that, unfortunately. Yeah, because we, we know that they're headed to Dorne, and they landed in Dorne in season four. And that's another thing. I haven't gotten enough Dorne. Like, we've got five hours of this season, and we've been in Dorne for, like, I think four minutes of the five hours. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe six tops. No, maybe, I, no, maybe next episode is Dorne heavy. I hope so. Yeah, I, I really hope so. Um, in our first trip to Dorne, this is a great segue, um, our first trip to Dorne, because we get to meet Oberyn's brother, uh, Prince Doran. We get to meet Wheels? Yep, Wheels. <laughs> the leg man's gone, unfortunately. Um, I'm fairly certain that Prince Doran is the fittest dude with gout you'll ever see. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Because like, I wanted to ask my, my, my pops about this, who would know, but like, I don't like because you get gout from overindulging in like rich meats and alcohol and stuff. And people who do that and get gout don't tend to look like, you know, they could run a marathon. Like that dude was sitting there in the chair and was like the most fit bastard I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, this guy doesn't have gout. So is that actually what he has? He has gout? Yeah. He's supposed to have yeah, gout. Yeah. In the books, he is quite fat. Yeah. And that would make sense. He's a, he's a big fat guy. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask my pops because he would know if if you can just contract gout randomly but i don't know from what i've I've read you always get it from like a bad diet right and he's sitting there looking like like man this guy could run a marathon he's just gonna hop right out of that chair and like throw it over his shoulder and run a marathon (laughs) with it considering though like i don't know i think the actor like even just with like the one quick little scene is doing a really good job so I'm, I'm, I'm i'm ready to forgive their the fact that he's not a big fat guy. Oh, no, uh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, good point. I don't want to put down the actor because even though he only had like four lines, I was like, oh, I like this guy. And you can tell he's sitting there because like that was a great scene when when she went um, the uh, uh, what's her name? Alaria San went up to her with her with her. She got her hair did and then went up to uh, to him and was like, you know, like, you know, we got to go to war over over it. And then he, he was saying, you know, like. You know, he died in a trial by combat. I can't go to war. But you can tell he's sitting in that chair just thinking shit up, right? Like, he's yeah. just like, how do I do this without going to war, right? You know, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. He's just, because all he's doing is sitting in that chair just thinking shit up, right? So, like, I hope we get to see more of him because yeah. we've literally seen, like, 30 seconds of him. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm really in, looking forward to that because I think I really like the actor. I think he's doing well. And even though he only had like a minute, I want to see more. <laughs> yeah. I, less, I, of this, less of this awful shoehorned romance and more of him. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to see more plotting on his side. Yeah, if we, get one, if we get one thing across in this podcast, it's that I hope like people end up listening to it. And we, we want to let them know that we want more Dorn less Masandi and Grey Worm. We're just throwing that out there. Um, I really like that I love Prince Oberyn so much that, like, when Alaria Sand was talking about mutilating a little girl and, like, sending her back to her mother, that I was just, like, thinking of, of better ways to mutilate <laughs> said female character. <laughs> like, she goes, like, she, she turns to Prince Doran and she's like, you know, let me send her back to Circe one finger at a time. And I'm like, I'm just sitting to myself going, no, send the eyes first. The eyes will tell everything. <laughs> Something's wrong with me. <laughs> I think the show's getting to you. Yeah, yeah, I really think it is. Um, but in the wrong kind of way. 
yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, and the way that society will frown upon. And the way exactly. that you're like, look at all these good people being honorable and idiots. I'm going to cut out someone's eye. Yeah, exactly. Hey, <laughs> That's how you get I, ahead in life. I didn't say I wasn't a hypocrite, though. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to say, in this episode, like, cause when I rewatched episode two, I got to say, because um, we did... Uh, you know, I mentioned that we did our Game of Thrones preview, and before we we ripped pretty heavily on the Daenerys plotline and how like they refused to advance the plotline. Yeah. Um, I've lowered my expectations. Episode two of this season was when I lowered my expectations um, for the Daenerys plotline of her going to Westeros, and I now no longer want her to go to Westeros. My goal, like my 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 bar for this plotline, is her. I just want her to leave that fucking room in the top of the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, it happened that hasn't happened scene. yet, has it? <laughs> it happened for one scene. Yeah, like, and, and that was in, like, the last episode where, like, she hasn't really left the pyramid. Okay, maybe not that room, but maybe I want her to leave the pyramid. Because yeah. she hasn't left the pyramid. She's gone into various rooms. Because right, she goes the and pyramid. visits the dragon, and she visits the dragons, which are in the basement. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> well, that's... The, the one scene where, uh... Buddy who goes and uh, kills the traitor. Um, yes, that was in this then episode. He, then he gets his headshot. Oh, yeah. So well, where that outside happens, that's outside. That's true. Yeah. Like, she, there's she, no way that's the pyramid. And we can talk about that. Uh, like, we, that's a great segue, Rob, because we can talk about that scene. Um, they ended on that in that scene with her and the dragon. Like, her her dragon kind of comes to meet her afterwards. Um, yeah. How did you interpret that scene? Let's start with Lee Park. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of a good, um, it's, it's a good thing for her. Like it, it, it's, it's a, it's a good sign because I mean, the dragon is essentially gone, right? Like she doesn't know where he is. He's off, but he still comes back. And the fact that he came back means that he still considers that place, maybe even not home, but he still considers it something significant enough to visit and not eat anything. So, I mean, he shows up, and he kind of visits, maybe even just to visit her. So maybe he's still got, you know, his mother in his mind, which is good, because that, that may, means maybe someday she could, I don't know, get a hold of him or do something, right? He's not just, like, completely absconded and off to nowhere land. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what, how did you interpret that scene, Rob? Uh, yeah, Mike, Mike said that very well. Um, but on the other side, from Daenerys' side, she looked slightly still afraid of yeah, the dragon. That, I, I so it's like, oh, I'm going to go pet you. But it's not, not the confidence of like, oh, come here, baby. It's like, um, I, I, I'm going to just get a little close. and like, please, for the love of God, don't eat me. Well, it's it's a lot easier to be confident with something the size of a, like a friggin' poodle than it is <laughs> to be uh, confident with something the size of a bus. <laughs> yeah, because to me, okay, the way that's I... true, but the, yeah. it's not the same way. But there are some really big dogs out there that people have. <laughs> they're I'm not the a size of buses. <laughs> not the size of buses, so I guess we're gonna have to change the scale a little bit. But I mean, like, I'm a pretty big guy, but I'm not the best of persons around animals, like. But then you could have this little kid go up and, like, hug the, the damn thing. 
<laughs> Again, but the kid isn't hugging a bus. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's essentially the big spiky version of Clifford the Big Red Dog. Is <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> um, one thing I didn't like about episode two was, like, they did end on the dragon flying away stuff. I, would I, was, have, I was actually waiting for the dragon to just start breathing fire. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have preferred if, yeah, that would how great would that have been if, like, during that flyover he did, he started burning the bean. And she, like, <laughs> that and she would, just goes, oh, this is going to cost me. That would have put it, just ends, it, it just ends on a look in her face and it goes, bum, 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 bum. Horns. <laughs> or she just does the Homer Simpson where she just goes, this is going to cost me. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, because I would have preferred it if they ended on the Aria stuff. Because I thought that that scene when Arya uh, um, walks into the house of black and white, yeah. at the, like at the end, and it just you get the wide shot of like Jock and Hagar um, opening the <laughs> oh, door. Oh yeah, for her. that that was a good. I, that I I remember when that that happened. I was actually thinking, yeah. oh maybe it end, maybe it's gonna end here. I thought they should have because it was such a like Breaking Bad kind of ending because breaking bad would do that all the time where they'd like zoom in on something or like a door would close and it would be like oh my god right and like yeah. i just i thought that would have been a lot better than like because we could still i just would have like i I'd still liked everything i just if i was editing that episode i would have flipped the daenerys and the aria stuff so that we end on the aria stuff because i think that was a little more compelling man maybe that's just me being too hard on the daenerys plot like that's, i just thought that's her, a good point that's a good point, but it might be the difference of that's how HBO ends stuff, and the other way is how AMC ends stuff. That's true. It, it also might be just a, a, a preference of characters, because, I mean, think about what you just said. You prefer, you, you think that a uh, Arya, who's, you know, a child who's lost, is more compelling than a fucking dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although um, I do agree with you. It's just, Arya, it's, <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> um... Although, like, the the scene with um, the execution scene, I thought that was very um, compelling as far as, yeah. like, like that was the most compelling part of the Daenerys plot this season, I think, other than maybe um, Sir Barristan had in that fight scene at the end of episode four. But, like, that's yeah. more, that was more about him than Daenerys. Because, yeah. like, I thought it was, I thought it was really, really well done when, Dario chopped the guy's head off and then there was just that moment of silence and then all the slaves just started hissing at her and I was just like, oh boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You just apart. lost favor. Yeah, it's coming apart at the scene. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that was like, well, because it marked the first time in a year and a half that something significant happened in the Daenerys plot, right? Because she was... And, and not only that, but something bad. Like, yeah. things have actually been going really well for her for a while. Yeah. Well, um, other than her dragons kind of just doing what they want. And yes, yeah, she doesn't well, actually have control. That's yeah. pretty far from a worst case scenario. Okay, so they ate one kid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> that's right. Um, how happy do you think the actor is who plays Jock and Hagar that that gets to be his default face? Let's start with Rob. Uh, the default face being when the door opened the first time? No, like his actual, de like the, the guy from oh. season three or whatever, or season two, he gets, he got to come back and be his default face because it could have been uh, anybody, right? Oh, like, yeah. It could have been the black dude we saw in, uh, at, that, that he was pretending to be at the beginning, right? So, yeah. We did. Oh, no, yeah. It's oh. probably like, oh, good, I can wear this again. <laughs> or I, I think, can, you know, not wear something. Well, he's clearly pretty happy that he gets to come back and do more and, and work. Paid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Because, um, yeah, this is not at all a spoiler, obviously, but in the books, he's not there. It's not Jack and Hagar. It's someone else. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that actor's going to be really happy that he got to come back. Today. <laughs> like, yeah, she, right? she asked for him, and he's like, there's no one like that or that name, and it's not like them being cute. It's just like, no, he's not here. He's nowhere near here. <laughs> he never will be. Um, now, we were talking earlier about um, Stannis giving away a pretty good deal to the Wildlings and them refusing it, which I thought was dumb. I also thought it was dumb because Stannis gives an even better offer to Jon Snow. And oh, yeah. Snow refused. And, like, that Honor. was one of those... Honor and pride got in the way. Like, oh my god, that was one of those things where I was just like, just take the damn deal. (laughs) (laughs) Let something good happen for once. Yes, like let let yourself have one thing and then you know go and take back the north and god, like quit hanging out in this sausage fest, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which they are actually doing. They he are he is he does make maneuvers to uh, he is making maneuvers to get out of there, so I'm I'm pretty happy about that. I want to get uh, Jon Snow out of the voting room, um, which is you know mm-hmm. is another segue because it's probably not a good sign that I was more interested in the in the vote for the commander of the Night's Watch than I was in our last provincial election. Let's say you, Lee Puck. <laughs> I was way more interested in the Night's Watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, know. I think we all were, but like yeah, you know, that that was pretty phenomenal how that. Not that worked. I, I I really I really liked how they did that. I think it was it was quick, but it was still um, like interesting and uh, suspenseful enough that you're like, oh, how is it going to work? Because you know, if he fails, he's just like done, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was still a li- enough drama in there to yeah to make it tense. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I, I thought that scene was uh, fantastic. Uh, one last note about episode two. Um, I, cause you guys are both watching or both big venture brothers fans and stuff. And I, I absolutely love the fact that like, um, cause this episode featured the scene where Cersei, um, sat down on the council where we, you know, first saw Kevin Lannister, everybody's favorite character, um, sit down and then she just started randomly giving away titles to people. Yeah. And like it had the hilarious scene where like it reminded me of when uh, uh, the monarch was like talking to the guy and the guy's like, I want to be president of calendars. <laughs> she literally just started giving away titles like that. Okay, weirdo. Yeah, she's just like, you are master of Sir Pounces. <laughs> like you're master of cats. And so like honestly, it was pretty hilarious. Um, hmm. So I think that's enough. I think that's enough on episode uh, two. We can move to episode three, which was titled Hi Sparrow. And I want to get your thoughts on what I thought was an opening scene, because the, the scene in episode three opens with the House of Black and White, or at the House of Black and White, with Arya when she's sweeping. And there's all just like this, you know, there's this well and then the story and a bunch of, you know, statues and stuff. I just thought that was fantastically filmed and fantastically well scored and i really enjoyed that scene uh what do you think rob uh yeah i've liked everything about the the aria stuff uh so far um i just wish they showed more of it who the it's the the faceless god right well i i don't or like who is this the god or whatever that they're talking about what was like what did they call it again they, they just call it well i thought they worshiped death because didn't he say well, something? They, they, they say something along the lines of the, he who should not be named, but they – because what it is is they, they say that it's uh, – because there's the seven gods, right? 
right. um, in Westeros, and one of them is the, uh, I guess, yeah, the faceless one, and so then they're saying that he is the one that they worship, but they don't call him that. That's what the, the seven, but, right. you know, the, the Westeros yeah. calls him, but yeah, really he's Seth. It was at some point during my rewatching of them uh, yesterday, it was like, oh, it's death. How the hell did I not pick that up before? <laughs> yeah, because they also had like the way I interpreted this scene, and I might have I might be way off on this, because like Arya sees the one guy um, you know, taking a sip from the well or whatever they had in the in the thing, and then they were like the you know, the several statues yeah. throughout the thing, and he it kind of seemed like he was picking which statue he got to pray to, and then I just assumed that he chose the wrong one and was unworthy because Oh, he's the stranger. That's he, his name. He was dead. Right. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, the stranger. Oh, okay. Um, well, I don't know, because like, like I said, I, I just, I thought, like, because they had the statues of all the gods, and I just figured he picked the wrong god to pray to after he took a sip from the magic pool or whatever, which is why when Arya turned around, he was just lying there dead. Or right. I don't. Know. That, that was just how I interpreted. So maybe, maybe uh, I, I could be way off. I don't know. Do you, would Would you like me to correct you on that? If you can do it without spoiling, go right ahead. Yeah. No. He He came there to die. Yeah. That was the whole point. That, okay. That so was poison. I, oh, and so I what he decided to do was like the people like that is basically the temple of death. They mm -hmm. worship the stranger or the the nameless one or whatever. Okay. Um, and so people go there to die and they'll be kind of taken care of. But because the reason they have the statues of all the different gods is just so that people can die before the god that they want to. Oh, okay. I see. Um, see, you know, that's the type of stuff I wish was explained to me instead of making time for Masandi and Grey Worm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so from how good something can be to how upsetting something can be on this show, um, were you guys as pissed off as I was at that Natalie Dormer PG-13 nude scene? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that about? Is, but uh, I don't know. How old uh, was the actor who plays Tommen? Well, I don't know. I assume he looks like, I don't know, 11 to me. Uh, right. But like, so, <laughs> yeah, that may have been a factor. In but she was nude, though. Like, like she was absolutely nude. So it doesn't matter for that, like, kid. He would have been, like... Well, the thing is that she probably wasn't, right? Like, there's camera trickery. There's all I sorts suppose. of stuff. She was probably I don't know, wearing but like, there, there were the sheets. <laughs> yeah. because there's there's an easy, It's really easy to have, like, a, a nude-colored bathing suit or even at least just pasties or something yeah, to make things, so. you know, decent and not... A crime <laughs> <laughs> but like i don't know because it was just like she did it was like because it was that pg-13 thing that they do where women pull the covers like all the way up yeah like, that that no women that I hate that it because they don't do that in this yeah because no, yeah that's I, that always bugs me in tv shows when people do that and it, it did stand out to me and it did bug me because game of thrones never did that they're always just like yeah everyone's naked yeah because people are actually naked there's actually um like it's it's funny how slightly realistic, um, like post sex scenes will really stand out, um, to me. And one of them is actually, uh, have you seen the show House of Cards? No, um, but I keep hearing I gotta watch that. Oh well, okay. Well, in, in like in the first episode, there's this sex scene between these two people, and afterwards, they like the guy finishes and he gets up and leaves, and you get a big dose of man butt, and the girl goes and pulls a Kleenex off of the, um, 
off of the nightstand and like she's yeah. under the sheet but she pulls a kleenex off and cleans herself up yeah and i was, was like man that's the first time i've ever seen that yeah before. i was gonna say they never show, show that they never show that awkward part where after you're done having sex with someone you, you, you kind of go well guess i'll wipe my dick off now <laughs> like that, right like uh yeah they, they don't show you that part because quite frankly like it's it's one of those things you don't necessarily talk about, but everybody knows. Like, I, I don't feel like doing laundry, so hand me a Kleenex. <laughs> exactly. Right? Oh man. Uh, so we exit out of that hilarious stuff and go to some more hilarious stuff because um, I, I I can't take credit for what people have been calling this scene, but um, the scene where uh, Marjorie is at uh, a dinner with all of her like giggling friends. Oh, uh, is it breakfast? Yeah, it's like a breakfast. Yeah, it was definitely a breakfast because there was the fantastic, like, <laughs> needle line of, like, she's sticking the needle in the seriously where she goes, do you want some wine? It's a bit early in the day for us, right? Like, that was just like... Ooh. I lost it during... I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, like, <laughs> that people... Was so good. Yeah, and, like, that wasn't even the most biting comment that she I made know. because, like, the one was when she goes, like, do I call you the queen mother or the dowager queen or something like that, right? Just all these knife-twisty lines from yeah from Marjorie. Yeah, she, she was enjoying herself way too oh, much there. God. And, like... <laughs> And that also, when Cersei turns around to leave, all of the girls, they all just started laughing again. Yeah, like, that okay, was... you know, it's, she's just around the corner, If right? they were guys, they straight up would have been high-fiving. <laughs> yeah. That was Lena Headley's um, finest. And she didn't even, like, that's how good of an actress she is, because she didn't even say a fucking word. And, like, just, like, the look on her face when she walked out, and she, she was walking away, and she heard the giggles and stuff. Like, yeah. it just, it was such a look of, like, oh, it is on now, right? Like, yeah. uh, people were calling that the Real Housewives of King's Landing scene. I really, I thought that was clever. I wish I'd come up with that. Um, why does the guy who plays Peter Baelish have to stand so close to Sansa in every scene that they're in when he's talking? Because <laughs> he's super <laughs> creepy. Yeah, I don't, like... Yeah. He's a real close talker, though. Have you guys know? Am I the only one who noticed this, or did you guys? No, no. It's it's, yeah. he's, it's super. He's you know he he's pretending that Sansa's his daughter and acting like it, but really, like he just wants a piece of that. He really does. Um, and he's so that's I guess that's how they decided to do it. It's like, hey, you know what? You don't make this even creepier. Walk forward two feet. <laughs> It's like we're already comfortable comfortable distance now, two feet. <laughs> and I'm gonna get my face right up in there. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Though. He gets like like because like Seinfeld had the Judge Reinhold joke where they, they you know he's like he's a bit of a close talker, right? And he's absolutely executing that on the show. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to the House of the Black and White. Um, one of the kids that I work with, because this is not my theory, although I wish I'd come up with it because I think it's pretty good. Um. One of the kids has the theory that the girl that we meet, that Ari is hanging out with, the one that was like kind of whipping her in that one scene to try to yeah. prep her, um, he thinks that that is going to end up being her sword teacher from season one. Really? Yeah, oh. I don't know. I thought that was a pretty fun theory. What do you think of that, uh, Leapock? I think that is a fun theory. Because the thing is that we we never saw him die. Um and Game of Thrones does not pull punches when it comes to people dying, right? So Yeah, no, it, they usually just, you know, show us straight out. It would be kind of interesting. Um, I mean, he is from Bravos. Uh, it's unlikely that he would have been trained as a faceless person, but maybe he was. But uh, the thing is that maybe he picked it up later. 
like nope. after maybe he he snuck away and went back to Bravos and then became one of them. I think that that could be that could be a lot of fun actually, considering how small she is. Yeah, because like, at that point it's not just changing faces; it's like yeah, also changing complete body losing ninety five pounds. <laughs> Although she was shorter when she knew him, like three or four years earlier, or whatever it's supposed to be at this point, right? So yeah, you could you could kind of fudge it a little, but well, he was not know. a tall guy. Wait, no, he wasn't a tall man either, right? And he also had the line where he said, uh, "You know, death is the only." Uh, conqueror or whatever he said i, I don't remember what, but it like you know indicates that he also is the or he, he had the line where it's like what do we say to death not today oh yeah no he, right? said, he says something he actually yeah now that you think about it um that you mention it he the the line is something along the line where she says something about the gods and he says there's only one god yeah and it's yeah. death and what do we say to death yeah not, not today. today god that's and that, that's what the, the that church believes is that there's basically there's one god and it's death or the stranger yeah. or whoever he is right that theory's starting to come together yeah like he said that and i was like oh that's so like i remember i was talking to the kids and he said it and i'm like oh that's so fucking good i wish i'd thought of it right like I, <laughs> but i gotta give credit where credit's due because I, I, I think, I think it's that one. it's unlikely but it, it would be fun yeah, yeah. I but but also like on your note of like it's been like three or four years whatever has it actually been that long like, how much no. time has passed? Like, I thought it would be, like, a year at most. Is that what it was? All this Some... has happened in a year? Yeah, it's it's something more like that. All right. Because so cause remember, winter's been coming since the, the first episode. True. All right, so it's 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 less realistic. In, well, actually, it'd be more realistic in the sense of the timeline, because he, he could have just gone back to Bravos in a year, but it would be less realistic in the sense that he's... The changing. size, yeah. yeah, the size would would not necessarily work because unless he's also some sort of magical yeah. shapeshifter. True, exactly. True. Yeah, throw magic in there because there's clearly magic. Yeah, that's true. Magic solves everything. Um, Arya couldn't get rid of her sword. I wanted um you guys to fill this in for me because I can't remember. Like John, was it John Snow who gave her that sword? Yeah, it was. It was okay. in like it was in like the first episode or something. So I did have that right. I couldn't remember because like she couldn't give away the sword, and I remember like. It was either from John or Rob. It was no, it was from two. John. It was from it was, John. Yeah, it was from John. It was it was definitely from John because they 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 were always really close. Um, and she was the only one, like one of the ones of the like she he, he, John never really got along with um, uh, with Sansa or but he did get along really really well with Arya because she was such a tomboy. And John, since he was an outcast, actually took her seriously. Right. And so they they were always uh, they were always really close, and so he was the one who got her who got their blacksmith to make the sword. Cool. All right. Yeah, that was I just I could I couldn't remember that, and I knew uh, one of you guys would be able to fill that in for me. Um, can you also do, do either of you know the name of the the uh, Ramsey's crazy bitch that was mean mugging uh, Sansa when she arrived in oh. Moat Kalen? Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, that's Miranda. her name. Okay. Um, I'm impressed I remembered. <laughs> yeah, well, even, though, even though it was 24 hours ago, I'm impressed I remembered. <laughs> we're going to jump ahead a little bit here, because I was going to save this for when we were talking about episode five, but I guess we're going to talk about it now. Wait, there's something else in that in that episode, though, that we have to acknowledge. Go right ahead. Which and that was Jon Snow executing 
Oh no no we're not we're not skipping we're not skipping season three entirely or episode three entirely. I'm gonna get to Yano Slim because oh, I, I okay, wouldn't okay. skip over something epic. I just want to <sighs> bring up a point about this Miranda Broad. Okay. This is a television show that makes a lot of money. It's a very expensive television show, and but it, it also makes a fair amount of money. So I have to assume that somewhere on the set or wherever they're filming this show, that they have a prep table with some food on it for when the actors are no longer acting and they get a break and they get to go to the thing because someone has got to get that broad who plays Miranda a goddamn sandwich because I that was the most disgusting thing I have ever seen on this show that includes people getting their heads and genitals chopped off when you're talking she about had, her hip bones oh my yeah. god that was so and like and not just the hip bones but like I'm pretty sure I saw some scoliosis there like like I don't like there were and ribs. then like there were ribs too. Yeah, and like her breasts were like kind of becoming parts of her ribs and stuff. And it was just oh my god, but that hip bone thing, like if she moved quickly from right to left, like that thing might pierce the skin. But like <laughs> that took me right out of the world. Like for well, I don't know the name of that actress. She's doing a phenomenal job on the show. I'm not taking anything away from her, but somebody, for the love of God, on that show. Get that broad something to eat. God. I actually can't imagine a northerner girl looking like that. Like, oh yeah. I mean, like, you, you have to just eat. I can't imagine it's too old to be that skinny. I can't imagine a woman in in 2015 on planet Earth being that skinny. Like that is <laughs> not healthy. Like that is disgusting. Oh my god! And like maybe, maybe it was some sort of a, a choice, um, you know, because she's supposed to be poor, but. I don't know. I, but, like, well, I don't know. I found it, like, I, that took me right into the scene because it was so off-putting and so noticeable, like, the way she was standing. Oh, and, like, it was incredibly noticeable. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know. If I'm the only one, I'll shut up. Did, but, you, like, also, did you also factor in that the camera adds 10 pounds? Oh, my which God. Makes, I did not. Good which makes that point. she's even smaller. Oh, my God. Like, just... And, like, I know I like bigger girls, but for God's sake, that was just... Oh, some kind of awful. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I just took me right out of the scene. That's all I'm saying. Because like, I was just like, oh, my God. Somebody's got to feed that girl. Um, okay, we get well, you mentioned it earlier. So, like, after I was kvetching about how that skinny broad needs to eat something, um, I got to tell you, um, the Yano slint scene when John chopped his head off, um, I know that was a scene that was very near and dear to you, Mike Leapock, so I'm going to let you go ahead and just say what you want to say about that, how awesome that particular scene was. Go ahead. Uh, I think I'll step in for that first. I think oh, I yeah, go ahead. Um, that was a great scene. I thoroughly enjoyed that because he started running his mouth, and it's like, okay. I meant to say Jump. Rob. I said Leapock earlier. I'm an idiot. I, I keep doing that. Like I, I'm going to apologize for my <laughs> lack of... Well, you haven't called either of us Miller, so... That's, that's true, yeah. You're like, doing pretty good. You're but doing like, pretty good. Like, I don't know, because, like, I'm trying to throw to you guys, and I don't want to be rude by <laughs> having the same guy answer first all the time, and I get confused, and I apologize. <laughs> and I, I'm also making a, a mistake, because you're not supposed to acknowledge a mistake, but here we go. Go ahead, Rob. 
Um, yeah, so he starts running his mouth, and John, being the new Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, is like, okay, you have some shit to deal with. How are you going to deal with it? And he puts him right in his place, and he doesn't show any mercy or anything. Like, he, he does do the one hesitation, but then as he's, like, you know, sniffling and crying, it's like, yep, chop. And, yeah. And then I think even Stanos, uh, Yes. Or Stannis uh, gave, like, the nod. It's like, Oh, yep. my God. I wanted to talk about that nod so much. <laughs> the, yep. the, the, the best supporting nod. Yes. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I, I was going to say, because like, we, we talked earlier about how Stannis has been phenomenal, and we talked about his fewer lion and stuff. That was his tour de force on this show. When he got the <laughs> wide shot, and he was, like, half in the shadows, and, like, John looked up at him, and he just gave him that nod. Like, I hope one day it's to not, receive such a nod. It's not <laughs> a full nod. It's just... Like, he moves just, like, just ever so slightly towards a nod. But it's, that, it's that is the greatest nod. compliment you could ever receive from Stannis. Yes. Yeah. Like, that he, the fact that he acknowledges and he's like, yes. Like, that, he just basically said, everything you're doing is completely right. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I just, I thought that was so, like, I, like I said, I hope one day to receive such a, such a nod from somebody of, like, like, I don't know. If, like, I guess if I was, uh. Like you know, as as a guy who wants to be a chef, I guess if there was just like like I don't want to say like who's a really good chef out there. I can't think of anybody off the top of my dome piece. That isn't annoying, but um, Mike like if, no, but like if I <laughs> but like if I if I made a meal for a chef and then they just, like like a chef that I respected and then they just gave me that nod, I'd be like God yes, you know, like like I hope one day to receive a nod as awesome as that because that was just so good. Um. What? Everything about that scene is just is phenomenal. phenomenal. I yeah. love it. I love that scene. When I uh, – that's something that I've been looking forward to all season um, because when I read that, I actually just stopped and went back and read it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, yeah, and I was like freaking out in like Tim Hortons or something. <laughs> Tim Hortons? Yeah, I was, I was just, like, reading it in Tim Hortons before. Oh, you were reading it. Oh, okay. I thought you were and I was, watching it uh, Tim Hortons. Oh, no, no. And, and, and when I was, I was reading, I was like, that is so good. I'm gonna, I want to do it again. <laughs> so I just went back and read it again. <laughs> that was great. Um, one last thing I want to mention about Episode 3, because that was obviously the best part of Episode 3. But the other part that I thought was kind of weird was um, Captain Mutton Chops in the whorehouse. Yeah. <laughs> I septum or whatever yeah like first off i didn't even know who he was like and i had to wait for the explanation afterwards as to who he was but like the oh like, yeah he's having that that weird that weird sex thing where everyone is uh they've, they've got all the prostitutes around and they represent one of the gods yeah or something and like one of them had like her braid pulled down in front of her face yeah that was a stranger <laughs> i thought was so off-putting and then he picked her and like you know, I've been on the internet before and I realized that, you know, like I'm well aware of rule 34 and the fact that, you know, if something can exist, it, it probably does. But I've never seen anything close to that. So Game of Thrones, this show somehow managed to find something that <laughs> even internet pornography, I don't think, like would look at that and be like, God, that's weird. You know, <laughs> like it's like the chicken with the braid pulled from, like that was so off putting. Like I was honestly scared in that scene. Like I was like, what am I watching right now? I thought that was uh, very creative. I think it was neat how they – that's how they did – because, I mean, if you think about it, it's really easy to do, right? And it's like, oh, we're a whorehouse. How are we going to represent the stranger? And then they did it that way, and it looked it looked cool. <laughs> well, I didn't even know it was – to be honest, I'm not going to – like, I'm going to 
be honest, and I didn't know that they were supposed to represent all the gods until you just told me right now. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Well, I, I think I did, but I probably kind of blocked it out or whatever. But, like, I didn't know that that was supposed to be, like, the one that represents death. Like, the guy that... So, that kind of makes sense, but I was just, you just like... You thought it was some chick with her hair in front of her face? Yeah. Like, I was just like... <laughs> just like okay, now that would be off-putting. Weird shit, right? Like, <laughs> like oh, man. Um, so, we're going to get to episode four. Your favorite. I got a lot of problems with this. Did you, did you just open up a new book? No. <laughs> I'll say it. Volume one of yeah. episode four. Volume one of what I don't like about well, we will, because I do have a four-part miniseries of what I don't like about episode four. But um I think it'll be it'll end up being more funny um, than than anything. But did you guys notice that in episode four, Sons of the Harpy, that Dorn officially became part of the opening credit scene? Oh, is that when it happened? Yeah. I did notice that Dorn uh, started showing up in it, but I've lately been skipping the credit scene. <laughs> oh, I never skipped that. I love that. I, normally, like I always juice. did it. Uh, maybe I watched it the first time around, but rewatching it, I you know, I'm rewatching it. I'm skipping it. <laughs> I got things to see. Yeah, I, I actually, I might have noticed it, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely didn't first... notice when I rewatched it today because I was making dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, like, oh, the credits are on. I'm going to go wander around. (laughs) But the first time watching it, like when the four episodes were leaked, it's like, yeah, that was a month ago. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But yeah, episode four is the one where it officially, like it goes to, because it used to end on Marine, right? Like it would always um, go to Marine and then it would show the pyramid build. Well, it, it changes a lot. Oh um, yeah, it does change because like, like it, all through the, the entire series, it would go through where you're going to go. Go basically that episode. Yeah, and uh, so basically, what they do is they now like they go to the, all the places that we know, kind of. But like um, for most of season four and the beginning of season five, it would you know Marine would be the last one. It would show Daenerys's you know pyramid that she loves to never leave get built, and then. It would just, you know, then go to Game of Thrones. But now it, you see Marine, it build, finishes building the pyramid, and then you get one more buildup of da 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 and it slides <laughs> further south to um, Dorne. Uh, and it had, like, the, the whole snake thing that kind of reminded me of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I thought it was really cool. Um, what's the name of... Uh, and this is essentially the, the, the essence of this particular podcast is you guys teaching me the names of everybody. Um, what's the name of, uh, that goofball that's Marjorie's dad. Oh, um, the, the Terrell guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't, what's his first name? Cause I always just kind of refer to him as Marjorie's dad. Yeah. Mike, this is going to be on you. Cause I don't remember. Uh, oh crap. I can't remember. Yeah. Do we, do we right. dare go to the internet? No, yeah, I, I, I guess I could have done that, but I, I, I like having you guys tell me things. It tends to stick in my head. I'll, I'll look it up. You keep going. I'll, I'll just no, yell it out. I just wanted to say Mace. that Mace? Mace. Like M-A dollar sign E? M-A-C-E. Okay. Mace Terrell. Okay. Wow, it was all worth it for that <laughs> joke that just came off the top of my dome piece there. Um, he's gone, isn't he? Like, seriously, sent him off on that boat to get killed, didn't didn't she? Not to get that, killed. He's supposed that was, to be going off to do uh, go talk to the Iron Bank. 
Yeah, but she sent the most despicable of all the Kingsguard to <laughs> yeah, her, her fucking weasel guy with them, right? And like, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I think he's gone. Wait, um, you're saying there's although, sinister plots in this show. Kill, if, if she was just going to kill him, um, why not just borrow more money from him first? <laughs> That's good. Well, that, which, you know what? That brings me to my second point, because I actually wrote down here, Cersei, um, she's not much for the long game, you know? <laughs> Like she's not a she's not a long like she's not a season long person. She's more of a game to game type of coach. Like yeah. I, I actually wrote here in my notes that she's no Greg Popovich. Because Greg Popovich is the best coach in sports right now, and he understands that um NBA basketball is eighty two games long and I gotta give my guys some days off in two thousand fifteen, otherwise they'll get injured all the time. It's part of the reason he makes the playoffs every year. And right. Cersei is not a season she like she doesn't see the big picture. She's very short, and you summed it up nicely there with the whole, like, if you're going to kill him, borrow money from him first. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, like, I don't know, it's just, yeah, she's no, and but I did really enjoy, the, the one of the things I enjoyed about episode four was um, Tommen's whole, he's, he's in the classic um, mother versus wife trap right now. Yeah. Where, where he's got, he's got the mother and wife that don't like each other, and he's just kind of stuck in the middle. And yeah, his after, wife though has uh, has a few things up on his mother. <laughs> yes. Um, Are you saying gravity hasn't kicked in yet? Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm saying that his mother's breasts are now useless. To me. <laughs> the scene, the scene where Tommen got blocked at the stairs. Yeah, I thought that was so well done and so awkwardly hilarious because, like, in a weird way, I'm then this might just be me, but in, during that particular moment, I was like, I kind of miss Joffrey right now. I wish he was here for this one. Him and Joffrey <laughs> have clearly different views, because yeah. Yeah, Joffrey, Joffrey's uh, would have played out incredibly different. <laughs> yeah, because like, I'm just like, man, where's King Joffrey when you need him? He wouldn't have stood for this stuff, right? But, yeah. Well, I guess that's the whole point, though, right? It's like, okay, so Joffrey, the crazy guy, is gone, and now you've got Tommen, the sweet kid who's king. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've gone from one extreme to the other, right? Like I just I thought that was like just that scene and the fact that it points out that like it's like we had Joffrey who would have had all those guys flayed and tarred and <laughs> murdered and stuff yeah. right then and there. And but even if they did like, get out of the way, he might have done it. Yeah, exactly. And he's just like also, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and when he goes back and Marjorie asks, like, Well, when are you gonna go talk to him? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> it looked like such a, she's just like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I'll do it this afternoon. <laughs> um, one last thing, and then I get into my hilarious, or, or my, 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 my problems with this particular episode. Um, I didn't like the fact that Jon Snow won't Break and this is just ancillary to the show. It has nothing to do with like outside stuff. I don't like the fact that he was unwilling to break his vow to the Night's Watch, and he was unwilling to accept Stannis's help um, in giving him his his you know in legitimizing him and and making him the Warden of the North. Yet he is more than willing to send a note to ask Roose Bol Roos Bolton, the man who murdered his family, and ask them for men. Well, he's in, in all of those things, he's serving the Night's Watch, right? I so it, I it's, just... it's not so much about pride, it's about responsibility. And it, it's it's being responsible towards his station. 
I see. And all of his decisions are, are for that. You got to draw the line somewhere there, don't you? Like, <laughs> like there's duty and there's just downright ignorance, right? <laughs> At a certain point, you got to be like, come on, I'm not asking this guy for help. Give me another name. <laughs> Can't you just blank the name out so I don't see it? Yeah. <laughs> then just... he can play, uh, declare <laughs> yeah. ignorance. Yeah. Just fill in the name later, Something. you dick. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I don't know. I thought that was rather awkward. Okay. So this is what I had problems with episode four and they did this weird thing and it it was specifically designed for, I guess, people who haven't read the book. Cause I'm assuming if you've read the book, you know, most of these backstories on some of these characters, but they did not one, not two, not even three but four ridiculous exposition slash anecdotal scenes that serve in no purpose other than to give, I guess the people who haven't read the books background on some of the characters. And it's not necessarily a good thing. Like for instance, the hilarious anecdote slash exposition scene, number one that they did in this episode was the scene with Stannis and his daughter. While a very well done scene had the hilariousness of, she goes, uh, you know, like she turns to him and she goes, Father, are you ashamed of me? And the guy who plays Stannis literally goes, (laughs) 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 clears his throat. Goes on this giant story (laughs) tangent. Yeah, there was a wee bit of a pause before the answer came out. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he literally was like, he basically did the, the, the Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura where he was like, okay. And he just like went into it. And it was like, and that wasn't even the first one. Because like, and I will say that scene was really good. I thought that because somehow, like, it's weird that somehow um, Stannis Baratheon, of all people, is like the one good father in this entire yeah world <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the only guy who seems to care for his child and is like i will do anything to protect her and she's like this weird iguana hey, hey, hey. the only Sean living... Bean was pretty good too yeah, yeah. the well, only living one i suppose yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so hilarious anecdotal slash exposition scene number two little finger and sansa in the tomb of whatever where like, and I had a lot of problems with this scene because, like, Sansa doesn't even ask Littlefinger a question in this scene. And then Littlefinger, just for any, for like, no reason, starts giving everybody the background of a character who we're never going to see. Oh, um, yeah. When, when he starts talking about uh, her aunt, uh, yeah. Lysana, or whatever her yeah. name is. And Rhaegar. And, uh, and, and Rhaegar. Yeah, Rhaegar Targaryen. So we get background on a character that we'll never see, right? And he even did the thing where, like, because she didn't even ask him a question in that scene. She just went, like, you know, she goes, like, this is the tomb of all my family. And this is the... And and she picked up the feather, which, like, Robert Baratheon left in, like, what was that, episode two or something? I thought that was was kind of a nice touch. But, like, like, that was a nice little nod to the audience who've been watching the whole way. But, like... It was just weird because, like, she didn't even say anything to him. And then he just basically, he goes, 
well, let me stand two inches from your face and then tell you <laughs> about this guy we've never met and we'll never meet because he's dead. <laughs> what not, right? oh. It's a tale of this man and this woman who are both dead and are pretty important, but you didn't ask me about it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Exactly, right? And it was just for no purpose other than, like, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's not bad television, but it's kind of bad storytelling, I guess. Um, well, it, it's it's just they're trying to like, I don't know. They're like, I feel like we should say this at some point. How about now? Well, maybe not. No, now. <laughs> yeah. And oh my god, I just I, I think they have basically told that story before, but it was in like the first season. Yeah, maybe. And so like, I think they, they just had to refresh everyone's, like, oh, also this happened. <laughs> yeah, because they, like, he kind of did that in season one when he was, when they were watching the mountain at the the jousting or whatever. And then, you know, he turns around and he goes, would you like to hear the story of the mountain and the hound or whatever? But he at least asked her, you know, in this one, if you'd like to, in that version, if you'd like to hear the tale. In this one, she oh, was right, asked, yeah. he just started telling her and it was like, Oh my god. Um yeah, so then we got the hilarious uh like Jamie Lannister and Braun make it to Dorne and they run into those soldiers and we get the kind of hilarious um like Jamie Lannister gets his his Indiana Jones moment where uh <laughs> he catches the sword with the hand and then stabs the guy, right? Yeah, um, or even almost like part Han Solo, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Yeah, stab. Point. Oh, way to bring it full circle. <laughs> oh well played um and he's also getting a lot of slapstick humor from that i i don't have a hand anymore like because like braun was <laughs> braun was rowing and then he goes he like he's like you want to help me out he's like yeah, one he's like, hand like i can i got one hand and then later he's like uh you know like he's like we've got to dig these bodies and then he's like, he's like, gonna dig these bodies, but I can't dig. I've only got one hand, so you'll have to do it all, right? Never, <laughs> never mind that time is of the essence, right? Like, yeah, he's like, it's super important that we that we <laughs> bury these bodies, and he definitely could help, but he's like, oh, I really don't want to. <laughs> I don't think Bra- I don't think Braun knew what he was actually signing up for. No. <laughs> oh crap! If he didn't read the bodies, then we're all done for. Book. Uh, it's too hot today. <laughs> so, hilarious anecdotal slash exposition scene number three. The introduction of the sand snakes. <laughs> <laughs> that was so clunky. <laughs> yes, and so bad. And like, it was one of the scenes I was waiting for. Yeah. Apparently I had to wait four episodes for it after when we were doing the preview. Which was and nonsense. Mike, and Mike brought up the Sand Snakes and all that. I'm like, okay, I'm looking forward to this. Four episodes and then we get like this two minute. Yeah, we're five episodes deep and we've seen them for two minutes. And yeah, like, yeah. Like we that, didn't even but, see but they them. shoved the introduction of all of them like in those two minutes. Yes. And yeah. so like it was kind of cool because like, she goes, but like this, this is one of those things that they do in, in shows and it's dumb because nobody talks like this in real life. Like she goes to like, cause like the, like Alaria goes, so who's with me? And then the one girl goes, I'm with you mother always. And then she turns to the second one and the second one kind of gives her this nod. Like I'm with you. And she turns to the third one. And she's like, <laughs> she's like third one. And she goes, when I was a girl, <laughs> like, Oren came to me and gave me a spear. <laughs> so she pulls out a book. 
<laughs> yeah, and like through the sex. monologue, and it was it was reminiscent of what Stannis was like, you know, clearing yeah, his throat because like, she was like, <clears throat> she asks him a yes or no question, and yeah, and responds <laughs> with this huge story, exactly. and then, and then the thing is, is that with Stannis's thing, that makes sense because he wants wants her to understand where he's yeah. coming from and understand completely that he actually does really care for her. Exactly. But this thing, like, I'm pretty sure they actually know each other pretty well. Yeah, so and she doesn't need to respond. You, with this. We have heard this story before. Right? Like, this is like, not the I, first time. You've, it's like, who are you telling this story for? We've heard it like three <laughs> times already. You tell it every time you're drunk. Right? Like, uh, are, you, are you telling, telling that guy to... that you're about to kill? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Does he yeah. really need to hear this? Yeah, and even that, like, I, I really like that scene because it was very Lord of the Rings because it was essentially like, you and will, my axe. Yeah, you will have my blades and my whip and my spear. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh god but it was so bad because like that scene would be like if like the three of us were hanging out and then leapok turned to me and was like hey pierce do you want to get some wings and then i was like and i like looked away from him and was like when i was a boy my father took me to get some wings one time like and it was great. Know, it's even worse than that it's like my father left for three hours <laughs> when he came back he came back with tickets to a ball game. Like, oh. At that ball game. <laughs> oh, like, it was it was so fan y this entire scene, right? Because it was like, because like, I just, I feel like a lot of people were waiting for the Sand Snakes, and, and hopefully they get more screen time as the season goes, because like, but like, that was a ferocious introduction. Like, that, that was, I was mostly disappointed about this, is how poorly the introduction of the Sand Snakes was handled. It, well, it, 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 honestly, it it seems like they spent like like a lot of the writing in the show is really really strong, and I'm pretty sure they spent like eight minutes on that scene total. Yeah, just <laughs> they're just like, right. yeah, all right, let's just do this, this, this. We'll follow this really really predictable uh, formula, and then it'll be done in two minutes, and then you know we won't have to take any more time because they're just. Like, the thing is that they're, they're just rushing through so many things that they're just, like, quickly being like, and this person, and this person, and this person, this thing, this thing, this thing, and then we can start. Yeah, and this, it goes back to, like, the thing we talked about in the first ten minutes of this pod where it was, like, like a little better introduction for the Sand Snakes, maybe, and less Masandi and Grey Worm makeout scenes. Like, for God's sake. I don't well, what I would, you know, the thing is, is it, it's sad because... I mean, like, okay, there are a billion new characters that they're leaving out, which is good, um, because you can't have that many new characters in a show. That just doesn't, logistics just does not work out. Um, But, like, they could bring a few new ones in, and I think the new ones, the main new ones that they could bring in are the Sand Snakes and, like, Kevin. And so you have your one scene with Kevin. um, (laughs) And Kevin Lannister, yes. It would be great if they if they actually introduced the Sand Snakes individually, so you could actually see how they differ and what the characters actually are. Because right now you just know that there's three girls, and they all are fighters or something, and they're all daughters of Doran or Oberyn or whatever. Yeah. And then that's it. Like, yeah. That, that's and... still all we know, and it's you can't care about someone with that little of an introduction um but then that would take more time which i guess they're not using 
the way I would like. <laughs> Are they rushing through all of these introductions and everything just so that they can get it out of the way and literally get to something better, even though it's maybe not in the books and they're just going to make shit up now? Well, I, I'm like, not sure if, if that's it. Like, they they just seem to be rushing through the story in general. Like, there's, uh, like, here's an example. Uh, Tyrion and Varys don't go to that city together. Yeah. It's Tyrion and someone else. Oh, and yeah. it's a character, a character that they're just, they just completely left out. And that's fine. Um, all of the stuff that's happening with that other character, I'm pretty sure they're just lending to people who currently exist. And it'll work out. Right. Um, but they are, like, like that, I think, it, it, I don't know, it just felt like it took a lot longer. Um, but I think because they're, like, Pierce, do you know how long they're spending on the books in terms of seasons? Like, are, are they trying to just catch up with the books by the end of the season or are they doing one i don't know i don't all i've read is that they the the and i could be wrong about this but what i read was that they want to do game of thrones in seven seasons so they've got two more seasons so essentially they've got 25 episodes left to wrap up this whole thing wow well then i guess they probably finish off they're probably going to end the last book at the end of the season then yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the plan because I, I know George R. R. Martin in interviews has said that they're going – he knows that they're going on without him and he's, you know, writing – he's still going to write the books the way he wants to, but they're making up their stuff for the show. And he – I remember one time was bragging about how um, he'd come up with this really good plot twist for one of the characters, but he can't – they can't do it on the show because it's already passed. Because either it's already passed, or presumably the particular character <laughs> he wants to do it for is dead on the show, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Which um, is actually probably more likely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I wanted to get to hilarious anecdotal slash exposition scene number four in this episode. I couldn't believe there were four. Like, that boggled my mind. Like, every, <laughs> every 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, now that you're pointing them out, I was like, there, there was a lot of that kind of stuff. Right. Like, see, like, this is why I think this episode four, as strongly as it ended, was is probably the worst in terms of pacing and storytelling for this show. Because it, it had some good stuff, but... And, like, like the bar is so high. I just was like, so... Exposition scene number four. Barristan... Like, and Daenerys, again, up in that damn room in the pyramid that we can't <laughs> fucking escape. She goes up to him and she, I remember she says something like, do you think I'm making the right move? Or something, like, it was just something completely innocent. And he goes like, let me tell you a story about your brother. And this is the <laughs> second story we get about Rhaegar Targaryen. And apparently he loved to sing. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know, I was just like. It certainly didn't show in this first season. No, like <laughs> he was a dick. <laughs> no, no, that's somebody else entirely. Because or oh, was it? yeah, it was her other brother. Um, oh, oh okay. Rhaegar died well before the show. The show yeah, well oh, before the okay. show. Um, uh, Rob Rob Baratheon killed him okay. in a battle. Yeah, he was the guy he killed in in order to become king. Right. There's yeah. a lot to remember in this show. Oh, I, God, I yes. don't do my homework. <laughs> he um, hit him with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm also going to say that the Unsullied were not as formidable as we were led to believe. That, I actually was, that that was my, possibly my, my biggest issue with, um, with episode four, is they completely um, mis, uh, 
like missing like they just they just did not know how strong half a dozen guys with pointy sticks are yeah like you can take uh like some you can take like a dozen guys and like people who are just like fit like i don't know just take like a freaking like hockey team or something give them sharpened sticks and train them for an afternoon and you would not believe how like powerful they would be against people with swords yeah and you train these guys for their entire life like like when, when they first came in like when they when that, that that scene first started i was like oh man like they run into the middle and they're surrounded by all these like you know people with no armor yeah. and just swords and daggers and they, they were even swords they, they were like daggers yeah, yeah, <laughs> daggers and there's they're outnumbered it looks like three to one, three or four to one. Yeah. And I was like, these guys are going to get freaking massacred. Yeah. Like it wasn't like All they, they need to do is, them, is right? pull together into a friggin', um, uh, whatever the word is, the, the, the Roman, uh, formation where they go shield to shield yeah. and crouch down and put the spears out and they're done. Like that's exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. They just go just... shield to shield and they, they can't win. Like they run forward and then they just die. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> and, like, that one prostitute with the frizzy hair keeps popping up and, like, and like, like, I don't know. I guess she's, like, the leader of the Sons of the Harpies or something. I assume because dudes with no junk are bad for prostitute business, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, although they were paying for cuddles, like we said earlier. Uh, maybe she's just a bitch. Although, maybe that, that guy who was, who was executed was, like, her brother or something. That's true. Could be. Um, well, the guy who... Uh, I will say this, go back the word I'm thinking of. Go back and watch the scene, because nobody has been cooler in this show at unsheathing their sword than the guy who played Sir Barristan. He was awesome. Like, go back to that scene when you get the wide shot of him, because he like unsheathes the sword and he doesn't like point it up. Like I just thought it was so like it was so uh, like slick pimp because he like unsheathed it and like pointed his wrist downward. Oh, yeah. It was so non-threatening to all the civilians around him. Yeah. Oh, God. He was like, so... I'm armed, but you're safe. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, it was so smoothly done. I just, I thought that was awesome. Like, just I, I kind of thought it was just like, is your, is your sheath kind of trick? Because, like, did you actually take the sword out all the way? Yeah. It, it works so flawlessly. I, I love, I love Barristan in that scene. And I love Barristan. He's, he's actually one of my favorite characters. I think he's was. just so cool. You mean, like, yeah, he was, was, he was, was one of your favorite characters. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, like, he, I don't know. He just seems so interesting, like, the lore behind him. Like, you talk about wanting to have spinoff shows. I wanted to see freaking a spinoff show with Barristan just stands around and talks about the glory days. Like, that, oh, that well, guy seems so going cool. Going down to the street. Like, we got one. Yeah. <laughs> we well, can actually when get... he, like one of my favorite scenes from like the uh, first this was the first season yeah first season is when he gets fired, and he he yeah, rips off his chocolate. armor and throws it on the ground and then starts running at the king and all the other king's guards close in on him he's like oh please <laughs> he's like I cut through you like you were paper <laughs> yeah God yeah that was a really good scene um so now that I've finished going on about. <laughs> episode four which i'm just like i realize this show's banked enough goodwill that we aren't like we don't have to entirely rip on it but i think we can willingly admit that game of thrones put out a bad episode like episode four uh, it's a bad episode i'm gonna throw that out there it had some i may have just kind of blanked out and it, i missed it but um when he was telling his story about 
singing on like the street corners and all that. And then Daenerys was like, you know, go down and, you know, sing a song and all that. It's like, yeah, so he's dead. Oh, like, yeah. it was It was actually yeah, yeah, some he... like kind of obvious foreshadowing. It's like, I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, it was like Hawk Harrelson when the, uh, whenever the White Sox hit a home run, he just go, he gone. <laughs> right? Just like, just, he gone. <laughs> right? like, I actually, um, I, I had another thought. This is something that uh, Game of Thrones has done before, and it's something that uh, 24 did in the past when they were killing off people. Is uh, I find a lot of the times uh, when I start really liking a character, then they're done for. And the fact that I love Stannis so much this season is foreboding for me. <laughs> like, oh no, oh no, I like him. No, stop it. Oh, er, Stannis, I hate you so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but speaking of the weird anecdote scenes, so we move into episode five, um, which was titled Kill the Boy. And now they didn't flush the entire episode with anecdotal scenes like they did in uh episode four but they did have one with like Bruce bolton explaining the um like explaining his son's like backstory of when he first like oh yeah when when uh his mother brought him along and brought him <laughs> along to him not, <laughs> not quite as uh as heartwarming a yeah story exactly as his he, maybe not father of the year Exactly. It was I, like... I think they might have done that on purpose because they're like it's Roose Bolton versus Stannis right now in the north. Yes. Even though right now they're not fighting, but they are, you know, they're at all. Yeah. So it's like, you know what, let's introduce these two characters and show how different they are and have them have a very, very similar scene. Yeah. But very different. It was <laughs> like, like so after I was done raping your mother and murdering Yeah, and, like, Ramsey had, like, a tear in his eye as the story was being told to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, like, he's, like, after I finished raping your mother, like, after I hung your, 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 <laughs> your mother's husband and then raped her underneath his still, like, choking corpse, like, and then Ramsey's, like, it's getting really emotional in here, you know, like... <laughs> Like, yeah, oh, but in the back of my, the back of his mind, he's probably like, "Oh, that's so hot." He's <laughs> just like, "Oh God," because uh, like, oh, next time I'm gonna have sex, I'm gonna hang someone. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and we, yeah, and we talked earlier about um, uh, how awesome it was when uh, Stannis gave Jon Snow that nod. Yeah. Hey. Mm -hmm. Close second, not quite as awesome, but just as awesome was the look the um, actress who plays Sansa shoots uh, Ramsey at the dinner table. Like that smug fuck you look that she gives him when <laughs> when he finds out that like his dad impregnated the the, the heavy set broad. Yeah. Like and, oh, yeah. Oh. and she's and he's like clearly like son of a bitch. Now my lineage is you know, messed up, and she, like, gives him the look, like, fuck oh, you, buddy. It was so good. It was, it's ever so slightly there, but you know it's there. Yeah, like, oh, God, it, like, I don't know. I thought that was, yeah, so effing brilliant that the, I, the I, she... I don't remember. Uh, did they explain why he married her in particular in the show? Probably a fuck you to somebody we never heard of. <laughs> no, it's because she still technically carries the Stark name, right? And he can't. No, 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 no. no. What? Why? Why? Uh, Roose Bolton married that fat chick. Oh, uh, yeah. They explained it because because she's one of Walder Frey's daughters, right? The guy. Yeah. Was the. Oh, uh, that's he, what it is. The, yeah, correct. The guy who was Correct. the Red Wedding. Yeah. Um, 
and he played the uh, the the janitor in all the Harry Potter movies. And I'm sure he's and he's in that like Guillermo del Toro, the Strain show. That's not very good. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he's in like tons of other stuff on on you know like the BBC and stuff because he's a fantastic actor. Um, but I think Roose Bolton told a story at like the Red Wedding about how Walter Frey, like whoever Roose was willing to marry, Walter would match their weight in gold. Yeah, that is completely correct. <laughs> yeah, like, because I remember that story. <laughs> so he just picked the fattest one. <laughs> yeah, so he was just like, oh, well then. Because, like, for me, I feel like, because I remember, like, hearing that story and thinking to myself, like, if, if uh, like, um, Walter Frey gave me that choice, it'd be like, yes, playing right into my love for big booty women, are you? <laughs> right? Like, like, yes. <laughs> Advantage Pierce. Exactly, right? Like, oh my god. I just, I thought that was hilarious. So, uh, episode four. Now, I wanted to ask you this, as, as uh, I'm not sure if you guys noticed this, but you know when, when Sansa had the like when she had that one like chambermaid who kept coming up to her going, you know, the yeah. North remembers and stuff. And she told her to light a candle in, in the one tower. Yeah. If she was ever in trouble, was that the same tower that Jane Ran fell from? Yes. Yeah. Was that the same yeah. tower from episode one? Sure. Looked it, like it. Oh, yeah, man. it probably is. All right. So there's two great callbacks to, uh, well, I think they even did a, a similar shot where it was like right at the bottom and looking up. I think didn't yeah that was why I thought it was I was like was that the same? well it also makes sense because however they uh simulated the tower in that first episode I'm sure they could just do it again right yeah so if she does end up lighting a candle it's probably going to be in the same room that uh Jamie and Cersei were doing it in yeah yeah so because they already have that set so it's technically <laughs> yeah so that yeah, but that's it's it's kind of funny because we went kind of went back to where it all began, right there at the uh, yeah the old tower push scene. I mean, it's not really where it all began, but it, it sort of is for the show because that was like the first like oh my god thing that happened on the show, right? Was well that and it was like that that when he gets pushed, that's the end of the first episode. That's the first yeah. cliffhanger finale, and it's uh, it's kind of the thing that starts it all, right? Like yeah. he gets pushed and uh, everything kind of goes downhill from there. Yeah. Um, another question I had. Um, um, this is probably a dumb question, but that dragon that Tyrion saw—that was Daenerys's dragon, right? That wasn't like a ma magic uh, dragon that exists only in that weird place. With the stone I assume that was Daenerys's dragon. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I'm also going to say that it's probably Daenerys's dragon. Yeah, I would I, be surprised okay. if it wasn't. Yeah, I thought it was too. I, I assume it, it, it's it's Drago or whatever the big one. That's, yeah, that's escaped. The one that flying. just kind of goes about his own business. So yeah. he's just kind of flying around there. Yeah, because I don't know, it just weirded me out because, like, they were in this weird, like, it kind of looked like a level that you would see in God of War because, like, it was just like in this weird temple with places that had been run over and there were these weird stones. So I was just wondering, is this place magic? Is that dragon magic? Like, <laughs> like. Like, I was well, just like, is that like a different magic dragon that I've got to know, try to now remember? If it, it is, they, they I'm were fine in with Valyria. That. Like, that is a magic place. Well, yeah, which is why I was. Place, but they were in Valyria. Yeah. But it's, you know. It... If there's this giant magic dome around Valyria and there's just dragons running amok, I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's clearly not the case, or else Valyria would be a lot more popular or less popular. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, another thing about the, the the dinner that they had with Sansa and 
all the Boltons, it reminded me that there's another Stark boy out there. Like, there's the youngest Stark boy that we haven't seen since, like, season yeah, two. Uh, yeah, Rickon. Rickon, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a third Stark that we... I, I remember um, when he finally got to talk... <laughs> and he had more than like three lines in one scene. That was the, his last scene. Yeah, and he, <laughs> it's like you know what? You get like a word a season, and then yeah. he's like, "All right, now I got nine words. Guess what? You're done Brand, for nine seasons." Brand <laughs> sent him off with Hodor and that broad who was also in Harry Potter, right? Like, yeah, that was and that was like what two, three seasons ago? It was yeah, a that was uh, um, Asha. Yeah, the, like, the wildling like, chick. Yeah, that was like season three though. That was. And I was just like, oh, yeah, there's a third star. I wonder if he'll so, come in. So when he time. comes back, no different when Bran comes back. It's like, so what? They're going to be like 20? That's I was. That's a thing. <laughs> like full beards. Not like, just they're going to replace, they're gonna have to replace the kid who plays Bran, aren't they? For season five? No. Or six? The, the, they'll still have him. They'll just use um, like camera trickery to make him look like a teenager. The thing is, is that th- th- they told him, like, we're taking a year off from you. So yeah. go do your own thing. We're not going to have any episodes, but you will come back and play Bran. But like his voice week. is going to be deeper than mine by the time this show comes back, right? Like, yeah, maybe. But also, who knows? Like, I don't even know what they're going to do with him. Like, they've changed the show so much. Maybe they'll do something weird where him having a deep voice makes sense. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, who knows what that tree's going to do to him? So episode five. Yeah, they'll just give him tree voice. Now he'll just be voiced by Treebeard. Ah, yeah, there you go. Well, oh god, we, there's not, there's too much to do in an episode. He can't be voiced by Treebeard. We're <laughs> we we're can't wait that long. Well, if you think about it, all he's been doing is walking. Well, not him, but like you know, the other people have been walking. Um, we're traveling with a ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daenerys, this this episode, we're gonna end on this note because this episode finally marks the day or where Daenerys finally makes a, a pretty good decision where she decides to reopen the fighting pits. And I'm pretty excited to have the fighting pits reopened. I'm not gonna lie. Um what is your pick for first fight in the fighting or like the well, not the first fight, but like the first because like obviously these fighting pits, because we've been talking about them, they're gonna be a thing in the back five episodes. What is the fight that you think we're going to see in the fighting pits? Let's start with Leapock. Oh, um, I want to see... Or do you know what it is already? N- well, okay, so I, I'll, I'll ignore the stuff that I know, but I'll say <laughs> something that I want to see, right. and I want to see someone fight a tiger. <laughs> but that means okay. if you want to see it, that it hasn't happened. Well, no, or maybe it did, and I just want to see it. <laughs> I want to see it in real life. All right, what about I, so I, watch I, Gladiator? Yeah. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah, but I, okay, fine. I want to see someone lose to a tiger. There, okay, or a there. dragon. Someone's got to fight one of the dragons, like in, <laughs> again, <laughs> like in Harry Potter. Like, that was going to be fight. It's like okay, uh, pick. Pick all of the former slaves. I don't give a shit. But it's like, yeah, they're going to take on a dragon. <laughs> no, what I, I, I love it if they did it like, okay, so the former champion comes out, ah, everyone's cheering, and your your challenger is a fucking dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you just see his, his heart sink. It's like if they actually did that, though, why the Harry Potter people could be like, eh, Simpsons did it first, you know, right? <laughs> That's true. Oh man. Um, I think we're going to get Jorah versus Dario. I think we're going to settle this. Uh, 
player pimp versus the guy with absolutely no no game with the ladies. And we're going to settle it in the ring, I guess, or, or in the fighting pits, as it were. Assuming he doesn't turn into, like, that stone monster. What That's is true, the yeah. Scale, grayscale? The, the, the stone men. The, yeah. yeah, grayscale yeah. turns people assuming, into stone. Assuming grayscale doesn't completely consume him. Yeah. I was that. actually, like, when, it, when when they looked down and he had it, I was like, good! <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so cold-blooded <laughs> oh, this show. And, like, when I saw that, my first thought was, like, well, now you have absolutely zero chance. Yeah. Before you basically had zero chance, now it's absolute. And I was just like, just don't touch Tyrion. Like we yeah. love him. You, you can die. <laughs> but on, on speaking of that scene, mm. when Tyrion was sinking in the water, and then the hand came up to grab his leg and pull him down, and it yeah. cut to black. There was yeah. a long pause before it anything else happened, and I honestly thought they were dragging it out, and then they were going to cut to credits. I was ready to throw my phone at my fucking monitor. <laughs> yeah, I, I Like, I waited a month to see another episode, and then that's how it ends? I was going to flip. <laughs> I, I thought that that's, that's how they were going to end it, too. Uh, yeah, I like, mean, it would have like been a hell it... of a way to end it, but I was going to be so angry. Yeah, it reminded me, like, they let it, like, it was so perfectly edited, right? Because it was long enough that it made you angry, but yeah. they were able to do it. It reminded me of, at the end of, uh, flipping, um, oh, God, what is it? Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, when, uh, Michael Caine was at that cafe, the, the cafe, oh. <laughs> yeah. and, like, like, and, like, it was so brilliantly shot and edited and everything by the guys who did that scene, and Chris Nolan were, like, you know, you get the shot of uh, Michael Caine, and then it looked like it was just going to end on him kind of going, like, oh my god, and then they were just going to let it, let it, you know, <laughs> be up to our imagination as to whether or not Bruce Wayne was there, but right. then they decided to show it, but it lingered on him long enough where I was just like, oh my god, don't cut to the credits, right? <laughs> it was so well edited. And so it's like, like at the end of Inception, when, when, it, when he spins the top and it kind of wobbles a little bit and then it cut to credits. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant too, though. Same yeah. director too, Chris Nolan did, did yeah. Inception as well. I thought that was was brilliant though, when it when it like wobbled a little and then kind of got back and I was just like, oh god, that's good. <laughs> right? like, it was like, what a great ending. Um, Except the physics of when it wobbles. Like, it's gotta go down now. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have an ending that good for this particular podcast, but you know, we, we went an hour and 45 on, on five episodes of Game of Thrones. It'd be crazy when we get back together in five weeks again to talk... Uh, the end of the season so i'm actually glad that we did the mid-season recap because that means we can just talk about the back five and it won't end up being like a six-hour podcast we won't have to clear, <laughs> yeah, we won't have to true. clear a whole day for us to talk about that's the true. ending of game of thrones especially when next time we do it it'll be you know we'll have to wait another eight months to get more episodes um i do want to throw out one thing go right ahead for the the preview uh or like before season five had started you asked us if we like to to pick who we thought was going to be like whatever was the uh, okay. oh the MVP the MVP oh good callback and I know my like because I had picked two I had picked Arya and then as an underdog it would have been Sansa I have a feeling by picking Arya it's not going to happen Sansa has been killing it a lot more in what's been shown yeah so based on that I feel like the second half of the season. All the big Arya stuff, mm -hmm. it's, it may not happen until next season. 
like the yeah, I, I think we, we discussed it earlier. The MVP so far of this season is probably Stannis. Yeah. Like, I would I, agree. Like, I would like, agree with that. I picked Cersei and like Cersei's kinda on the uh the periphery, like, because she's had some great scenes, but I wouldn't say she's the MVP of this season. I, th- I think she's going to end up being it, though. Yeah, I, I think like, I might. They're, they're, I think they're building, they're building a lot for her, and yeah. I think especially in like the last couple episodes, it's going to be just like her. Yeah, they're building a lot for Arya though too. But they uh, are. I can't tell if they're going to if they're going to pay it off this season though, or if they're yeah. just kind of kind of drag it off and give us a little nugget at the end. Yeah, I, I'm actually super curious what they're going to do with her because I mean, obviously they've changed so much. But with, um, you know, with what I know so far, things have haven't deviated with her like they have with everyone else. It's just they haven't done anything yet. Like there's a ton of stuff yet to happen, and I'm, I want to want it to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, well you got to wait five weeks. Yeah. Well, All right. I'm well. excited. Yeah, I know. I can't. Well, I can't wait to get back together and, and hopefully, because we were supposed to have a couple other guys with us on this pod, um, but unfortunately, for scheduling reasons, we couldn't. So hopefully, we'll be able to get those guys in um, when we do our end of season recap. But um, it was great having you two guys on, and I hope we'll get to do another. Uh, like I, I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get you guys back on to record a uh, another commentary or something before. But if not, we'll see you at the end of season five and thank you both for coming out thanks for having me back you're very welcome thanks for having me and us (laughs) all right take care everybody cheers